Welcome, everyone, to the First Presbyterian Church podcast. We are First Presbyterian in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we are glad that you are here listening with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, We hope that your day will be blessed, and may the peace of Christ be with you. with me. Come, Holy Spirit, kindle in us the fire of your love. Rain down upon our dry and dusty lives. Open our spirits that we might receive your spirit among us and within us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're talking about fresh starts this month of January. It's a good time for it as people are making and maybe keeping their New Year's resolutions. Though I saw the other day that I think Friday it was, was some sort of quitter's day, national quitter's day, the day that we all fall off whatever trajectory it was for keeping our New Year's resolutions. I'm here for all the quitters because I just don't even bother making New Year's resolutions anymore. But we've talked last week about fresh starts. Sometimes, as I said last week, we want change. We are seeking a new job, a new place to live. Sometimes we're trying to do change that we know will be hard, like working on difficult relationships in our family or with our friends. Sometimes, though, a fresh start comes to us in ways that we don't want. Someone dies, we lose a job, house fire, something goes terribly wrong in one of our relationships, things fall apart, and sometimes we can't do anything about it. Whether we want it or not, change is difficult. And how do we seek the change that we want? Or how do we accept the things that happen to us, the things that are outside of our control. Sometimes we resist change. We were watching Forrest Gump the other day, one of my favorite movies, and I was reminded of the story of Lieutenant Dan, who was Forrest's lieutenant in the war in Vietnam. And Dan loses both of his legs on the battlefield. He, as Forrest goes to save him, Dan says, leave me. You know, there's no point in carrying on. Well, Forrest, of course, can't do that. He saves Lieutenant Dan, and then Lieutenant Dan, understandably so, goes through a period of darkness and grief, coming to terms with this change in his life that he is now disabled and was wheelchair-bound, but the interactions that he has with Forrest 
change him. He, of course, resists that change, wanting to just carry on with his sadness and grief. And again, who can blame him? Sometimes we have to walk through that dark valley. We can resist change. We can just not accept the things that happen. We all kind of want more control over our lives than we really have. Wouldn't you like a magic wand to make other people behave the way that you wanted them to or respond to you the way that you wanted them to? Wouldn't you want a magic wand to make everything in your life just be easy? Like that easy button, you know, in the Staples commercial. Let's just make this easier than it is. Sometimes people make things so complicated. Change is hard. On a sillier note, I had a conversation with Lydia, my six-year-old, the other day about a pair of leggings. Again, this is very trivial, but she said to me that she tried on this particular pair of pants when she was five, which again was almost a year ago, and they did not fit then, and so they would not fit now. Okay, the logic is sound, but I'm saying to her, these pants are the same size and the same brand that you're currently wearing. They should fit, but no. She had them on once, and that was the end of it. Once we've made up our minds, sometimes it's hard to let go of whatever it is that we've thought about. And if we're not resisting change, other people sometimes will resist whatever it is that we're trying to do in our lives, right? Try to do something healthy, Maybe, but people are still pushing sweets on you. You know how people do when you're like, no thanks, I'm good. When they offer you something, whether it be a drink or a dessert or whatever, and you're like, no, I'm good. And they're like, no, no, I need you to take whatever this thing is. People get so intense about it sometimes. Don't be that person. Uh, But sometimes, too, even people close to us, uh, you know, we can have dreams that don't make sense to the people around us. I know that uh, there are families out there. Blake used to work um, with uh, children from low-income communities that were in high school, helping them transition to plans after high school. And in many of those families where people hadn't gone to college or done or even finished high school where that wasn't valued, sometimes the parents just weren't supportive because that wasn't a part of their family's culture. And that happens to all of us. Maybe you're interested in art or some other non-traditional kind of thing, and people are just like, I don't know about that. Resistance, whether it comes from us or from outside of us, wherever it comes from, we face it. And as the church, churches are notorious for being resistors of change, I'm not saying us. I haven't ever actually heard this here, but there is a saying among pastors that we hear a lot, which is, but we've always done it this way. Again, I fortunately have never heard that exact iteration here, but uh, congregations, which are places of wonderful tradition, we can sometimes get stuck in whatever the past held whether it be changing music or technology or some other thing about tradition, it's hard to let go and move forward 
into the new thing that God calls us to. And here we see Jesus today facing that resistance. I mean, it comes from Herod, and the Pharisees are warning him, don't go to Jerusalem. It's not going to end well. They want him to play it safe. They're almost looking out for him, which is kind of surprising given how the Gospels portray the Pharisees at many times. But still, they're just not quite on board with what Jesus has come to do. We heard last week, and you may remember from the other Gospels, that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. And in this chapter, it's part of his journey to Jerusalem, where he knows he will die, and he is ready for that. He is, in fact, walking towards it boldly and bravely. And we hear Jesus' conviction. He knows what he's going to do and what he's there to do. He says, look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And it's necessary for me to travel today. It's God's will. And then that part about Jerusalem and the hen and the chicks How often I've wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Beautiful image. Jesus knows that in Jerusalem he will be rejected by the people eventually, by people who don't understand his vision. But still, it's his heart of caring and compassion that carries him forward. Jesus has a really strong sense of his mission, his purpose, his identity, his why. We've talked some in our session, our governing, our leadership board, about the importance of knowing why we do what we do. It's not a concept I came up with. There's a guy named Simon Sinek who writes lots of books and does lots of businessy things, but he has a book called Start With Why. And he talks about how knowing your why, why you do what you do, makes all the difference. If you're trying, for example, if we're having a church event and you're trying to build relationships, but you've not built in time to make the relationships, you're not meeting your why, right? If your purpose for going to the grocery store is to get groceries, and not spend all your money, well, those two things might be difficult to reconcile right now, right? Uh, But if you get distracted and go somewhere else, you haven't fulfilled your why. That's just a silly example, but one of the videos that I've showed the session uh, involves this, I guess, comedian, inspirational speaker, his name is Michael Jr., and he's in front of a big audience, and he says to this man who's a singer, Uh, He says, sing Amazing Grace. And the man sings, and it's lovely and wonderful. And Michael Jr. says to him again, okay, sing Amazing Grace now, but sing it like you're singing it at a funeral for a 90-year-old, your 90-year-old grandmother. And the man sings again, And you can hear his passion, his love, 
it changes the way he sings, right? When we know the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing, it changes how we do it. Here, Jesus knows all those things. He knows his why. He knows who he is. He knows what he's going to do. And he's going to do it, come what may. So that's one way we can follow Jesus into a fresh start. It's by knowing who we are and whose we are and what our purpose is. Now, I don't think that we, that God expects us to have the kind of clarity and commitment that Jesus does. That would be really hard for all of us. But we can use Jesus as an example here to strive for. That when we find ourselves resisting God's change for us, or even the change we want for ourselves... We can remember that God offers that protection of a hen, that we are the chicks. We can root ourselves in God's identity for us. We know what that is. We are all beloved children of God. Our purpose for all of us is to live out that identity by loving God and loving others. We don't need a decoder ring or some sort of secret quest to figure that out. In general, if you're just going in the direction of love and justice and mercy and peace, things will work out and you're going in the right direction. So root ourselves in our identity. We can do that through our spiritual practices, through coming to worship like you all are here today talking with each other, pondering, what is it that God calls me to? And whenever things get difficult, remember that God is protecting you, shepherding you, ushering you along like a hen. God is at work in you. People won't always see what that is. You won't always see what that is. But we can trust that God is at work in us and around us. And when we face challenges and resistance, even in ourselves, we can rest and know that God is with us. Amen.